Hey guys, and welcome back to The Front Lounge. This is episode 28. It is brought to you by our brand new song, Keep Your Head, which is exclusively premiering on our podcast here, and then it's out tomorrow um, everywhere you stream stuff, iTunes, Spotify, Deezer, and wherever else, wherever else you find music. Also, a big thank you to our Patreon users. Um, if you're interested in ad-free podcast, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash congos, and for a small fee per month, uh, you get access to some exclusive material and an ad-free podcast. everybody and welcome back to the front lounge a podcast with the four brothers that make up the band congos um if you're listening to this uh, and you have been listening to us you already know that but today is a really big podcast we've got a lot of news to announce so we'll get right into it breaking news item number one um we have new a brand song. new song it's called keep your head it is premiering today exclusively on the podcast and then it's out everywhere tomorrow um so a little bit later we'll stream that here and you can listen to it um yeah, it comes out uh, tomorrow, and uh, the relates to the promo code that some of you have been using headphones. Yeah, there'll be a lyric video as well that accompanies it, and um, I guess... Should we play it now? No, let's wait a little bit. We'll play it. You've got to sit through our voices, our non-singing voices for a little while. Um, another part of the big announcement is the album date. We have finally decided on when we're going to be putting out the album. Um, what is it, Johnny? <laughs> According to our shared calendar, it says January 5th. Yes, January 5th, the week uh, before we go on tour, or the week of uh, yeah, the tour least. starting. So, but That's nice, not all. That's not all. <laughs> A big part about this announcement is that it's not just 1929. It's 1929 part one of three. That's right. We have so many songs that we'll be releasing three albums under the title 1929, and this is just part one. Some of the songs you guys have heard through Bus Call, little snippets of them, little demos, little um, examples, uh, teasers of what you'll hear. Obviously, Uh, Real Life and Everything Must Go are out already and Keep Your Head. Right. Those three Um, songs will definitely be on the album. I think there'll be at least one more teaser track before the end of the year. We know we said we're releasing the album this year, but we really wanted to time it with our tour. And I think 1929, you rearrange the letters, and what do you get? 2019. So that that's a very important reason. If you add a zero. We, if you add a zero, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, away. it's got some of the same let, numbers in there. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, we can change our fucking minds whenever we want to. So 2019, January 5th, 1929, part one um, will be available right before we start our tour, which is the other part of this announcement. So if you guys are following us on social media, you might get sick of a lot of these announcements and you can, you know, fast forward. But um, tour starts January 9th. Tickets are on sale right now everywhere, um, except for Austin, Texas. You'll be able to get your tickets on October 19th. But with the headphones pre-sale code, you can get yours right now. Um, what else? I wonder, if we, I wonder if we have any fans who, who only like to listen to our podcast and not our music. <laughs> No way. I'd say <laughs> really creepy people out there. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, the other announcement is Bus Call. It's not really an announcement, but um, episode four of Bus Call, which uh, Keep Your Head is featured heavily in that in the first uh, five minutes of it, uh, is out now. It's streaming on YouTube, so go check that out. That is the last short episode of the season. 
Um, it was about 16, 17 minutes. After that, they all get a little bit longer. And then this Thursday, obviously, episode five comes out. And that in that episode, we go to Russia and Ukraine and all parts of Europe. And it's really one of my favorite episodes. It's yeah. kind of a fun episode. I mean, uh, the first four are pretty dramatic. You know, we get into some of the dramatic stuff that happened in our career. I mean, it's dramatic to us. It's not dramatic on the scale of, you know, things that are happening in the world. But um, we still deal with that as the rest of the season goes on. But there's a lot of fun, I feel like, in uh, this next part of Europe. Uh, it, yeah, was, it, was, it was one of those tours that was simultaneously fun and exhausting because it was at the end of our uh, 2016 run. And just fly, you know, getting off a bus, flying to Russia, getting back on a bus, flying to Spain. It's, it was it was a lot of travel in a very short period of time. Yeah. This is act Act Two begins this week. Yeah, in the <laughs> larger story arc of bus call. Um, just before we move on, the last piece of news is: if you're listening to this on a Monday, uh, we are doing a Reddit AMA uh, tomorrow, Tuesday. So if you want to ask us questions about anything and everything it's called an ama for a reason um, that stands for ask me anything but we're doing an aua ask us anything uh we'll be there that's tuesday at 11 a.m pacific i believe yes 11 a.m pacific uh we'll be on reddit so join us there and ask us any questions you want if you don't know what reddit is you you should know what reddit is that's like half the internet it's everything happens on reddit first before the rest of the internet but it's what it's in the top five sites right World, uh, worldwide, I think. I mean, I have it on a tab. Yeah, it <laughs> used to be kind of like a like a geeky thing to look at because it was it was kind of very tech heavy, yeah, very, very gaming heavy niche thing. But now it's everything. Now they have, I mean, each subreddit. I think the music subreddit has like fifteen million subscribers or something like that. Um, the big big subreddits have tens and tens, maybe a hundred million subscribers on some of them. Yeah, yeah. do you can find which is. Hey, Daniel, talk into the microphone. <laughs> I'm talking into the uh, mic technique. Condi Nast owns it now. Right. Oh, yeah. They took over there. Condi the... Nasty. Yeah. It's, um, it's, yeah, we we use Reddit. I mean, we all view it. We've we've posted a couple times, like, outside of these AMAs, like, some pictures and just random things every now and then. It's It can be a cool community sometimes. It, it really just depends the, on what you subscribe to, because if you just go to the general Reddit, you're going to end up in a lot of either weird places or just annoying political discussions or whatever, but there's some really cool niche subreddits where you can get into whatever you're interested in. Mm-hmm. Well, let's hope some of you are Reddit users so you can ask us questions and we can answer them uh, in text form. Um, so should we, should we play the song? Yeah, now's a good time. And we'll talk about it after. So this is Keep Your Head. Danny wrote this one, and we'll talk about it after we play it. Keep Your Head. I walk the streets in my own world. I see your faces and pass me by. a story to be told But I'm just too wrapped up in mine So keep your head, keep your head And keep your headphones on
that was Keep Your Head, written circa 2013, I think. I don't know. I can't remember. Um, yeah, originally it was a reggae track, and then we changed the groove, which I much prefer now. Still got a little bit of a reggae feel, I think, but uh, more, I don't know, the four on the floor sort of turned it into a different song almost. A little stop here. Change, changed the vibe a bit. Yeah. Um, Made it more walkable. It kind of lines up with the lyric now. You could put your headphones on and walk around listening to it, you know? Well, it yeah, make sure you check change. out. Oh, yeah. I was say, make sure you check out the lyric video, speaking of walking, because Danny did this and he's. It's it actually really. This is one of the best lyric videos we've got, I think, and it really makes you feel walky. When you watch the lyric video, you see the little guy kind of moving in time. It just settles you into the groove, really seeing that. Yeah. I mean, it's just green screen footage of a guy walking on a treadmill. Um, but then when you make it look like that, it kind of looks like a little guy in his own little world. This was a last minute change to the groove too. I remember, you know, we were in quite well into the mixing stage when Jesse sat at the drums and started playing, you know, the downbeat instead of a reggae beat, you know, kind of a four on the floor. Uh, it's because the second, the second thing. verse changed, the groove kind of changed on the second verse. And I was, I was always a little dissatisfied with how, how, where the rhythm went. So just for fun, I went and played along on the drums while we were listening back to a mix. And like, oh, what the fuck? Let's just try this groove from the beginning or let's copy and paste. And it did, it did work. So we then recorded drums like two days before doing the mix. Yeah. And this is one of the amazing benefits of moving everything into that big room now is that we, I don't think that would have happened had we been up in the room before where we had previously been working, right. now that the drums are right by the mixing board and everything. It's, all it's out of laziness, basically, that we wouldn't do stuff, and now we have no excuse. I can just walk three steps. Well, it's not just that. I mean, like, uh, you can't play along with a track. Somebody's got to go up there and monitor it, and then you you don't get to talk, and so there's no communication. There's something... I see now why Facebook has moved to an open floor plan. <laughs> It's also a constant reminder of like your resistance to change, especially when you get close to finishing a record and then uh, trying it out and realizing that you probably shouldn't have resisted in the first place. Because I, I was thinking, I was like, oh, fuck. Like another take on drums on this track that like we're already, it's, it was written in 2013. There's been demos uh, since then and now we're finally mixing it. And now you want to change the whole drum groove. <laughs> yeah, and you get settled. It, it's it's <laughs> just, it's infinitely That is better. the worst of that. You know, dad, because, oh, yeah. you know, we'll, we we working on stuff. And we're like, okay, it's ready. Let's go. Let's finish it. And then we send a mix to our dad and then he calls us up like the next day or whatever. And it says, yeah, I don't, I don't like this or this should change. Everything should try that. And at first, the unanimous response is almost always, dad, you don't get it. We're, this, <laughs> we're not, <laughs> you don't get the song. We're, you know, we're doing it like this. And then it kind of bounces around your head for a while and you think, well, let's just fucking try it. And, He's very often right, not always, but you know that he did that to me recently on a song. I was like, "Fuck, I gotta go back to work." Yeah, my favorite part about this track actually is the uh, section after the second verse. It completely changes the song for me. It completely takes you out of uh, what you're feeling, and it's it's not probably not the most commercial part of the song. I can imagine. Um, Radio. I can imagine people yeah, radio going. people being like, oh, can you cut that thing? Um, but it actually makes it a fucking unique track. And we had a lot of so fun the, recording that section. The Tronny kind of synth yeah. build up thing. 
Well, yeah, that was kind of soon after we'd got the Jupiter 8 set up. Yes. And uh, we were just in there and everybody was like <laughs> fighting for turns to mess around on the Jupiter. So <laughs> I think everyone played some synth on this song. We all yeah. play synth. <laughs> yeah, all the names of the tracks in it are like, uh, it's always uh, boards of... Uh, or boards um, it don't kind of sounded like boards of canada i don't know if you guys know that band but check them out they got really cool synth sounds and stuff they're a scottish band called boards of canada very chill ambient electronic the stuff. entire music has vibrato on it like everything is constantly detuning and all yeah. that stuff. you find that naming naming patches or naming synth sounds or samples after you know the band that's kind of inspired it you know I, I, I know I have a couple synth sounds that are called Prodigy One, you know, or the Prodigy Synth Two, or like Wowie Prod- Prodigy. One <laughs> of the synths. What's the synth on the that's doing the kind of brass stabs? Is that the Jupiter? That is a fake Jupiter. Uh oh. Because <laughs> we, uh, I don't know why uh, the fake Jupiter that we like the digital Jupiter plug-in you there's a couple little modulation things that i did in that that couldn't do on the analog one so yeah that's one of my favorite sounds on it as well it's it's kind of uh reminiscent of salif keta or like old funk records where they use real brass but this gives it a a retro modern feel Mm -hmm. to it if you listen to salif keta he's a he where is he from senegal or mali mali yeah he's from mali um a musician that does just crazy long arrangements with big band um, and it gets into this call and answer thing which I think this replicates pretty well yeah we should play we should put a, another Salif Keita track on the website to kind of draw a parallel and see some of the influence I think that one called Waray, Waraya yeah. is a great track if you like uh, like Latin America like uh, kind of I don't know what it would be called salsa I guess kind of Cuban stuff, like the stuff they always play in movies when they're like, oh, it's a Latin American yeah. dance club, that kind of stuff, which it can be really cool. But if you like that, I think you'll really like Salif Keita. It almost sounds like the origins of that, mm-hmm. you know, from West Africa. When people land in Miami. Yeah, whenever you land in, that la- land in Miami music. What's <laughs> um, better than good. airport music? Not airport. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, we did some cool stuff on the mix of this track i feel like um since we moved the control room downstairs uh there's this other room we call the amp room um it's just a wood clad room like wood everywhere on the on the walls on the ceiling and uh big wooden shelves and all the guitar amps are in there and i was trying to find a way to add some energy and some some mid-range stuff to some sounds that I was working on and I I played it to Danny where, where you run a sound like a voice or something you run it out through a distorted guitar amp in this room and then I've got mics around the room picking up the sound of it and it adds this ambience it sounds like you're at a party or something like that you know which we kind of used on this track and some other tracks if you listen to, if you listen carefully to those guitar riffs or the backup vocals you can it it sounds like you're in a room at a party where people are singing. You know, at least that's what we're trying to achieve. Yeah, and we we use the lavi mic quite a bit. On this oh yeah, the Did lavi you? mic. Mick, Mick named it the lavi mic because there's a microphone in the toilet, not not in the toilet, in the in the in the toilet room, in the studio, which is kind of tucked away under the stairwell, and so we just. He's like, I got a feeling this toilet's going to sound good. <laughs> <laughs> so we just, we leave a microphone in there that's constantly plugged in 
and it's magic. I swear, you 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 play guitar through a, a guitar on the amp room, and you record the toilet mic. It's like instant vibe, instant Unless aliveness. You've got it up, you know, and unmuted while you're working on a project, and someone goes and decides to use the yeah. bathroom, and then you've got this weird, like, what the fuck? That's is a that shitty sound record. Coming in on my <laughs> What's this shitty sound coming in on the on channel eighteen? It's we use the old everybody sounds better in the shower trick, so we just constantly record something in the bathroom. <laughs> I, so I think lyrically, maybe we should come back to it um, in the deep thoughts section. Um, it'll be a more appropriate place to talk about it. I sure. Think, at least. Yeah, that's fine. Um, so I think uh, the, uh, the drum fill at the end, we can talk about that because that's pretty exciting. That I just... <laughs> Sometimes you just record fucking around, you know, like do three takes, four takes of the drums, and then by the end you just, I feel like I've got the take, so I'm just going to fuck around and hit hit all the drums in, at once in, in any random combination, and, and we left some of those in, you know. It sounds a bit chaotic at the end, but that was kind of fun for me to just fucking fart around, basically. <laughs> I think you use those end takes often because there's a, you know, you loosen up. Like a spontaneity. Yeah, and, until there's some people that are masters at on the first take immediately being loose and relaxed into it. Other people, it takes longer to get into that. And, you know, with you, I've definitely noticed we use some later takes often. I've noticed that on vocals, you, like on this vocal, I used the last take. And it, uh, it's that thing where it's... Just the, do one for safety. Right, it's that, okay, this is the last one. And then you, it snaps you into doing it properly. Yeah. And then it saves you editing. So I... The drums are pretty much, yeah, there's a couple little edits maybe, but I'm lazy at editing, so. <laughs> well, we'll, next week we'll have a behind the song on Keep Your Head Out, so you'll get to hear some of those tracks and the drum fills and all the things isolated. i got to say, it's a great time to be a Congas fan. <laughs> 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 because we are putting out a lot of content and we're having a lot of fun doing it. You know, it's a lot of work, but it feels exciting and to be actually back putting a lot of stuff out. This yeah, is one of the most this is one of the most amazing experiences I think that you could have, you know, <laughs> as a fan. <laughs> Feel so lucky, you know, for for you guys. <laughs> but uh, it is it is actually quite a lot of fun because it's but it's never fucking ending, which is a lot better than the never ending paperwork or never ending um you know, bullshit that we had to deal with in episodes one, two, and three of Bus Call. And four and five. And four. Yeah, but it is it is never ending. It's like, all right, well, what do we got to do this week? Oh, fuck. Podcast, behind the scenes. Yeah. New episode. We're, we're, we're finishing the South Africa episode of, the, of Bus Call right now, which is, it's a, it's a longer episode. Um, it doesn't come out for a couple of weeks, but it, it's making us very jealous of all our South African friends who, who live there and live that life on a daily basis, you know, especially the ones who who either live out, you know, near the game reserves or stuff like that. Yeah, it's, I just we just got a text message from Dad saying he's he's finally uploaded the folder of pics because there's you know there's a nice flashback and kind of um, explanation of our dad and his history in the music business, and he we've been asking him to get us. Uh, some pics and video and all that. So he just said he's uploaded it. Yeah, but w looking through it today, doing some editing on it, at the very least, we got a r really nice, like, post-vacation wrap-up video. <laughs> like some, <laughs> like, rich people hire a videographer for their, you know, their wedding, their whole wedding week. Yeah. Ours is like that with just us and the crew guys having the time of our lives. We pretend like it's for our 
career, but really we're just so narcissistic that we feel like our life should be documented and we should be able to watch it back for enjoyment. Um, all right, so music business, um, it's kind of related to the tour. This, this will be really quick. Um, the ticketing fees, obviously, that you guys are experiencing out on um, line when you buy through Ticketmaster and Ticketfly and all that, they are fucking absurd. And uh, we apologize for that. There's nothing we can do about it. That's um, completely out of our control. But um, we did have a good chat with our agent and there's there's a way around it if you don't want to um, get your tickets online. A lot of times venues and promoters will and uh, they'll offer those tickets without the fees if you go to box office. So if you're in the area of some of these venues, just go to the box office and get your uh, tickets or a little bit cheaper because there's really no point in paying those fees. It's not like any of that money comes to us. Yeah, like a $4 um, convenience, you, like put this on your iPhone digital wallet fee. Would you like the, would you like the ticket emailed to you? There's a, a $10 postage fee. Yeah, I just, uh, the, some of the language that they come up to to describe some of these fees, it's like what? It's like service fee, access fee, But it's insulting because everyone knows what the fee is. It's the, we're going to make some extra money on top yeah, of yeah. the band and the you know agents and everything. So they're going to make it and they try to come up with a funny name for it. Anyway, that's enough about that. <laughs> Ticket fees suck. Remember when uh, we were in Poland in 2014 and then we edited the cold open to episode four <laughs> about that? Um, that was cool. <laughs> Luckily, there was a camera there. I don't think I would remember that yeah. nearly as well. Because I, I remember it pretty well because I was one of the few people that wasn't drinking uh, so heavily. Yeah. I th Well, when we were, you know, we started filming in 2014, and uh, but we realized that we didn't have enough footage really to start the show, bus call, until 2016. That's when we really got serious about capturing stuff. But we still had all this footage and a lot of memorable moments that happened from then. So we thought, how can we work this in? You know, well, when we're going to Europe, we need to mention the fact that we've been here before. So we went through and a lot of, so much of the footage is just not usable because because the cameraman was drunk too. <laughs> that it was, was our most... like two months of just, or five or six weeks or whatever that tour was of just partying and fun, which the cold open kind of explains um, that we were the support act for a major um, headliner, One Republic, and they were selling, you know, anywhere from eight to 15,000 tickets in every city. So when you're a support act for a band like that, there's really very little obligation to work. You play your 35 or 40 minute set. And other than that, you're kind of hanging out and um, checking out the towns and partying. So a bunch of the clips that we use from one of our friends, who's an ex-merch guy, Matt, who got oh, yeah. very, very, very drunk <laughs> in Poland. And it was his fault because um, we were we played the show in Warsaw and one of his friends, an, an American who is now living in Poland, worked in trucking logistics or something, took us out. And I guess he was a fairly well-off dude. So he took us out to this bar and he's like ordering bottles and bottles of vodka. And we drank them all. And then when we found out how cheap it was, like he, he wasn't as rich as we thought he was. He wasn't some like baller. We just saw the bill. I was like, oh shit, this is gonna be like a several thousand dollar bill, like that much bottle service. And it was like $65 for the well, first round of drinks. So we said, oh, let's do it all again. And we ordered it all again. And <laughs> it was it like 150 bucks to get 14 people shit faced. <laughs> yeah. By the way, if you're listening um, and you're a, Patreon user and you want to follow along with some of the things that we're talking about now, um, we're going to post some exclusive photos like from our cell phones and stuff of that tour up on the Patreon page. Yeah, I guess we're going to have a lot of pictures of 
Mo trying to revive Matt. <laughs> and I know See, Matt is, listens to the podcast. So I, sorry, Matt. <laughs> I didn't come out with everyone on this night because that was the night that I got the 24-hour flu or whatever that kind of blew through the entire tour. Like the whole One Republic uh, crew got sick. Um, most of our crew and band got sick. And like on that day, um, I got really sick. So I didn't get to come out with you guys. So I, I just remember you coming back to the bus and thinking of what night did I miss out on? <laughs> I got sick the next day, but not from a 24-hour flu. <laughs> well, did you get that flu on that tour? I think no, I, I got it drank before the, vodka to kill the it. tour. I, yeah, we all got it. Like the, the monitor engineers for One Republic were like throwing up in bags during the show. <laughs> and it, it was one of those, you know, cleans you out type flus where you're just throwing up and shitting like at the same time. And uh, it, that, that was... I was nervous about getting that because we had we were playing shows like and I got it uh, I think I got mine in uh, Nuremberg or, or somewhere scary sounding and uh, <laughs> yeah it was just like luckily <laughs> you always think about that stuff but it just like that would have ruined a show it's yes. a it's a terrible feeling waking up with it because you know it's gonna last twenty four hours and you're on a know. bus swaying yeah. through Polish right. roads <laughs> it's, I, the it's worst just, the anticipation is worse because you're just waiting for this bug to get you yeah. I don't think I got that. On there, that, that I wish tour. we had better footage of it because it's it's just too dark. But um, when I got it and we were traveling through Poland um, after the show, I had to stop the bus driver and tell him to you know look for a rest stop. And we stopped at this place that was one of the weirdest things ever. I, I'll see if I can find some pictures. We've of got it footage of it. We've got We've some got, footage. Yeah. yeah, but maybe some pictures will do it uh, justice. It was middle of the night and. It was like out in the middle of nowhere in Poland uh, between Warsaw and somewhere else. And uh, we stopped at this restaurant that was closed and there was a, an airplane as a restaurant. The restaurant was inside an airplane and it was like a Tim Burton film where there were massive structures and massive like um, uh, statues of mushrooms and big bugs and then the big airplane that you walked into <laughs> to go eat. So, yeah, some I don't think anyone else saw that. I feel like you're making thing. that up. No, no, I've, seen, I've seen the footage of it, but I didn't see it in real life. We've yeah, we a lot of weird memories and great memories from Poland. You know, we've just had some crazy nights there, and we see such a weird perspective of cities and of countries because it's at like 3 a.m. in the middle of nowhere. And one thing, I'll see if I can dig up a photo. I remember taking a screenshot because our bus driver on that tour was a wacky guy. And he somehow, we came up with all kinds of conspiracies as to why we could never get to the venues in the allotted amount of time. And one night we were driving from Warsaw to Bruno. I think that's how you pronounce it in the Czech Republic. We had a day off. Bern or Bern. Bern, yeah, something like that. And we'd booked this really nice hotel for like $60. It was super cheap. It was a resort-style thing with spas, with like saunas. And we were so excited to have a day off and just go relax for dirt cheap. took us 17 hours to get there. (laughs) And I took a screenshot. I'll see if I can find it. Of all of Google's suggested routes from Warsaw to this place, and we were on none of them. (laughs) And I just remember waking up at 4 in the morning seeing our dot, you know, the GPS dot, showing me in the middle of Poland, nowhere near any routes, and it felt like the bus was just doing circles. Right. And he chose roundabouts. He was literally doing circles. I woke up one (laughs) night, and there was a roundabout, like one of those big European roundabouts, and I I kept on, I was leaning against the inside of the bunk, thinking, it feels like we're turning left for fucking minutes on end. So I, I opened my phone and looked at GPS, and it was like, 
just out in the forest looked like it was going around in <laughs> we, circles. We came up with the conspiracy theories that he was like serial, mur- killer? Like a serial yeah. killer picking people up on the, the road and like murdering them. And we were very negative at that point. In retrospect, I think he probably had a rollerblading Instagram account. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he would stop off to go like rollerblade in different places. So. Either that or he needed time to bury the bodies. So that's why we were doing long stops. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is the same tour where we rode that bus from, we played uh, Stockholm in Sweden, and then you take a 17-hour ferry ride. We did a show by ourselves in Stockholm, and we caught back up with the One Republic tour in, not Latvia, uh, Estonia, and took a 17-hour ferry ride that you drive the bus onto, and then you get out and go onto this thing. And it was like a theme park cruise ship for 17 hours. And I found out later, because we actually met, the same merch guy met his wife that night, or his current wife. I think we've talked about that, or we talked about it somewhere. Not on the ship. No, not on the ship, as we land in Estonia. But she right. told me off to the fact that that's a common thing, that kids ride this ferry for a weekend. They go 17 hours to Stockholm, stay in Stockholm a night, 17 hours back to Estonia. It's like a yeah. party thing. So we're on this party boat for 17 hours, and our DJ... I mean, bus driver <laughs> was up DJing at six in the morning before he has to drive us to the venue at seven in the morning. It, it was he was a madman. Yeah. yeah, it was empty though. It was an empty. Yeah, what, it was. It was off season. Tour was surreal because I know we have footage of Mo doing karaoke pretty well. We have footage of Mick doing karaoke. Yeah, it was fun. I mean, it was a lot of fun. We didn't, you know, play for forty-five minutes a night. One Republic's crew was doing all the heavy lifting because they had big production. We just literally, you know, the guys would throw our stuff in the bus and then we would go explore these cities and you only have time to go eat and go to a bar. Also, we got such a cool crew because like, you know, we went to Auschwitz on one of the days off uh, just because you don't get a chance to go to see something like that, you know. Um, and like usually you would think like in the middle of a tour, everybody just wants to relax, but we are... Luckily, we're tight enough with our crew that we said, "Let's like you know, let's go see this because we're not going to get a chance to go see something yeah, some like actual, this be, yeah. you know, actual history, histor- yeah. historic places, and that." Yeah, yeah geez, the, the weight around those places is yeah palpable. Very, yeah, I was trying to figure. You know, it makes you think: is it in? Is it just in your head, or is it also physically there? The yeah, it's psychological the, weight. You know. Yeah, well, <laughs> every, everyone, I mean, it's kind of obvious everyone just felt it the minute we got there. Um, yeah, that was, I mean, look, that was, I, we all look back fondly on that tour and that year, actually, just because it was such a crazy experience for us to get to do, you know, the full spectrum of shit that we got to do. Um, so anyway, if you're a Patreon subscriber, we've thrown a bunch of photos up from that tour. Go check it out and see some of our silly photos. Um Favorite gear of the week. We're going to talk about Danny's headphones that he yeah. mixed. Keep your head on. Yeah, keeping with the headphone theme. Uh, the these are Sennheiser HD 800 S's, and they're open back, kind of mastering headphones, I guess, or mixing mastering. They're just really high quality headphones. Um, so open back means that. It's not an enclosed thing, and you, a lot of yes. sound leaks out. But the reason for that is it 
increases the accuracy, s- the, the accuracy, and also the stereo spread is much feels much wider. Yeah, um, the sound stage. I think that the the speaker uh, doesn't needs have to a move air. yeah, it needs to move air, so it, it doesn't have like a wall on the outside of it making its movement um, uh, corrupting its movement. You know, don't be a dick and get these and wear them on an airplane. Yeah, you'll annoy everybody around you. Um, they're basically it's pretty much like speakers on your ears. You know. It's not, they're not headphones. I guess that's what headphones are, but you really think of them as, you know, uh, near field speakers that you're putting next to your ear. And they're just really, really accurate and amazing. And it's bittersweet because, you know, you think you're getting somewhere on the mix and, and then you put those on, you hear every single detail and the stuff sticks out to you that you would never have heard before. And you think, oh, you know, I need, I need, I need more work to do. Even though no one's going to hear it, I, it's still sub. I think it still allows you, if you fix it, if you correct it, or if you make the, the changes on that level of accuracy, it's going to translate to other speakers better because even stuff that you can't hear may still be moving the speaker or maybe still taking up bandwidth in the amplifier or whatever. Mm. And uh, that that kind of listening, detailed listening is important even for the end user. They're renowned kind of for their soundstage, which is the the soundstage is your perception of space, you know, because if you think about your your ability to pinpoint where a sound is coming from, it's very, very accurate just with, and you've only got two ears. So your brain is decoding the difference between what your two ears are hearing and then telling you, oh, this is 45 degrees that way and this far away and it's in a hard room and all that kind of stuff. Um, and these headphones give you a great perception of that soundstage. Right. All right, well, <laughs> moving Don't, on. No, I thought I had something to say, but then my brain went blank. It's because so. you're wearing headphones. It happens when I think, you know, that's why I don't like wearing headphones when we talk on podcasts, because there's this multi or this tiny little delay. Yeah. And it, it sounds like you're hearing someone else's voice, and it messes with your timing of thinking forget whose podcast i was listening to and they were talking about that most people don't like hearing their voice and this guy was saying he loves it <laughs> i think it was dax shepherd actually yeah on his podcast he's saying like, well oh, the man, people on npr love, love their love that because they get they get a really high quality mic and and everything and compression and then they get to kind of whisper in your ear right yeah that's oh. it is a, that is quite a uh a sensation if you've never experienced it if you've never had your voice going through a microphone a really nice microphone that's being compressed and treated well and then turned up in your headphones where you can literally whisper and it sounds NPR like NPR is going to what was that thing Chris Delia was talking about the it's some sensory um, thing that like ASMR yeah ASMR like or something it exists on YouTube basically of people like whispering it used to be this thing where they would do kind of cool sounds um, that would give you the chills they would go through your headphones and there'd be weird and interesting stereo effects and then whispers and things like that and now it's turned into this kind of creepy thing where just girls whisper things in your ear <laughs> and you put on headphones and you listen to it but like that's what NPR is eventually that sounds better than NPR it's weird it how sounds, things, still sounds creepy yeah. but it sounds better than NPR how does something like that reach a critical mass because I'd never heard of it and then he talked about it and then I kept seeing it around on the internet like it's just weird how something just catches on like that the internet yeah. is crazy I mean, I guess the world has always been crazy. Now it's just connected all the dots and yeah. we realize how crazy the world there, is. What was the NPR podcast we listened to about the crabs? Oh, yeah. Jeez. Holy shit. 
That's the worst podcast I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> oh, it was Radio Lab with some guests. Radio Lab is usually amazing. You could add guest yeah. things. Oh, speaking of the world being crazy, there's an interesting documentary series I've been watching on Netflix called Dark Tourist. I think Dark Tourist. It's a New Zealand journalist going around the world. It's about eight or nine episodes long, and he just goes and does what it's called dark tourism. It's basically these people that are obsessed with... Doing dangerous shit. Uh, not necessarily dangerous, but sometimes dangerous, but also weird things. Like this one group of people that are obsessed with going to old nuclear test sites and you know in Kazakhstan and all USSR and then other like he goes to the Philippines or Indonesia where they uh, remove their dead from the graves every year and have a massive party ceremony thing and it's he just just the weird and just strange shit that happens in the world he goes around and he's got an interesting take on it because he's New Zealand he's got that typical New Zealand sense of humor so it's quite funny he's like yeah, I'm not sure I'm into this, but <laughs> I've been I've been watching the polar opposite stuff on Netflix <laughs> lately. You know, with a young toddler, you're so exhausted by the end of the day that you just want something you can literally switch your brain off to. And we kind of got hooked on this dumb show called Grand Designs, where this guy, British guy, Kevin McLeod, you know, they follow a family building a house. And some of it's really cool. Like you get very interesting house building. You watch the whole process from their conception to when they finally finish it, which sometimes takes three years, you know. But he's he's such a goofball, the guy who hosts it, Kevin McLeod. He, he's one of those guys who projects his whole joke or his whole pun. Like five seconds before he says it, you know what he's going to say, and he's so proud of himself. And he says it like, and that's what we call a good foundation. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like uh, documentaries is the, a good portion of what I watch now, or documentary series. It's... You know, it's still putting out tons of fiction out there, but it's you're just... You're watching Bus Call every week. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, if you count that, it's 100% of what I watch. My oh. favorite show has been uh, Babylon of the Year, Babylon Berlin. Check yeah, that I just out started that. Oh, yeah, that show starts in 1929, by the way. Oh, uh, right. Mm. Uh, I didn't realize that we had chosen the name of the album, and then we started watching that show, and it starts in 1929. It's an interesting time. Fucked up time. Of the uh, last century. Lost of the good days before the fucked up time. Um, all right, so let's move on to deep thoughts. Dylan, you got some deep thoughts for us this week? Um, not necessarily, but I thought <laughs> we'd... Well, we were going to talk about the lyrics of headphones, um, and I think it'll maybe lead into some other ideas and deep thoughts. Um, so maybe Danny can kind of talk about what he was thinking about um, when he wrote headphones and also it's, it's something we tend to do a lot with our songs is the, the chorus on first listen sounds like um, something else that it's not actually saying and a lot of people latch on to that first meaning whatever they associate with the lyric and they get attached to that but then in reality that what the lyric means is something either completely different or maybe more subtle and I think um, this song kind of yeah I mean that. I don't I, th I think it was I noticed we went to New York at some point, maybe 2011. Um, and then we went back again a couple years later. And just in, that, just in that period of time, the amount people were on their phones and, listen, and listening to headphones like, felt like it tripled or something like that. It was just insane. How Especially quickly, in New York because yeah, you get to people see, ride the subway. Yeah, you get to see yeah, people on the subway and you get to see it. And 
like I was used to seeing people walking around and New Yorkers are renowned for their fucking honesty or willing, you know, whatever their, their abrasiveness and all that kind of thing. And then a couple um, years later, it just every single fucking person was on a phone or and headphones, every, every one of them. It was insane how quickly it happened. And I mean, it was 2008 is when the first iPhone came out, right? I think it was 2008. I can't remember. Yeah, and you try like to think of life before that. You can't really remember. It's been 10 years now. Obviously Could you even had- call it a life, really, <laughs> if you didn't have a smartphone? I mean, how boring. It certainly wasn't real life. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, like on first listen, I I think the, especially the chorus, sounds like um, this sing-along, you telling everyone to... Just keep your headphones on, you know, listen to yeah. this, enjoy the song, enjoy the jam. Soundtrack to my life, you know, that's the phrase people used a lot. Yeah. Soundtrack to my life. Which is something we, we talked about when rearranging some of the, you had the lyric and one of us said that you, we felt like you should leave the very the line that kind of counteracts the idea of that, the kind of more commercial idea of keep your headphones on and leave it till the very end, mm-hmm. um, which is don't look around, look around at what we've become. Right, uh, I it's, it's I mean it's not entirely negative. It's like like usual, at least with me. It's basically um, sympathetic because I just want to put my headphones on and I don't want to see anything when I go. You know, especially if you're on the subway, you can imagine like just being exhausted with having to deal with the outside world and uh, headphones and your phone are kind of like a respite. But it's it cumulatively it it allows you to exist purely in your own world. Mm. New York and those kinds of cities, you know, you, I think you get a little more of a pass because um, you 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 spend your whole life literally in public, surrounded by people, and it's a way to almost fabricate some privacy, you know, because it's sort of an unspoken rule. If you got your headphones in, you know, don't talk to me, don't greet yeah. me, don't look at me. I'm going to be alone now, even though I'm surrounded by a hundred people. And I, I get, I understand that impulse, but I think the other side of it is also that when it's abused or overused, this, uh, this idea of escaping into somewhere, whether it's your phone or your headphones or some other thing to, to, essentially disconnect you from your immediate surroundings there's a danger in that you know well and yeah and and the the song kind of does it that's why it's one of my favorite sections of the song is when it goes into the dreamy synth world and the, the echo of the voice says i daydream all my time away i daydream all my time away um it gives you a sense of just kind of getting lost in your own head which i, I guess what i want to talk about was the um method or the tool of writing a commercial sounding song or commercial sounding hook or doing something commercial on one level it's attractive and enticing and um, resonating with people on one level but then um, which might get them to listen to the song and then with with further um, with deeper looking into it then they can find deeper meaning in it or another meaning in it and uh, I just thought it was an interesting idea because it kind of exists not that we're doing it on such a deep level as uh, some of the famous um, fables and fairy tales and stories that have lasted millennia but it's um, an interesting tool because it's what catches you and then it allows you to look into it a little bit deeper yeah Paul Simon's a master of that and Mark Knopfler Mark Knopfler's another lyrical master where he's like tongue-in-cheek you know um, well, two, I mean, it's, two it's, levels of meaning to everything I guess if the, what you're talking about then is it, the mechanism of 
talking to the subconscious or what it, what you would call the subconscious through a different means because if you just came out and gave us your essay on what you're trying to say and keep your headphones it's going to just pass most people by yeah, not i don't mean intellectually just like very boring <laughs> very it'd either be very boring or it's also be, obvious yeah. yeah and it's it's also like a repeated idea that you've everybody's heard that a million times and but, that doesn't invalidate an idea but in order for a but you're, it's like you're creating a little uh, magical whether it's in song or art or dance or any form of uh, ex- artistic expression or, or what we call artistic expression you're creating a little pill. form or pill that resonates with the perceiver so that they experience what you're trying to tell them rather than uh, hear right. it or I see it I always think of like uh, Prometheus or the story of that that kind of story where you you viscerally understand something about it that you can't necessarily intellectualize that this guy stole fire from the gods and brought it back to humanity you know and something about your subconscious understands there's something in there even if you can't even if it's just a fantastical little story yeah it's um it's used a lot in sufi humor i've been listening to um these melinda sardine stories and they're kind of they're just perfect little examples of it um I'll give I'll give one example. Uh, Mullah Nasruddin is this character in the Sufi tradition that's kind of, he's the wise fool and he's often used as the butt of jokes or he's, um, he makes a joke. And there's one, I'll, I'll just read it because I, you know, I don't want to fuck up a joke. But, um, and on one level, this is just a joke, but then on another level, it's it's, it's got, you know, hidden meanings and deeper meanings. And it says, uh, the great Sufi master Mullah Nasruddin was on his hands and knees searching for something under a street lamp. A man saw him and asked, what are you looking for? He says, my house key, Nasruddin replied. I lost it. The man joined him in the, looking for the key, and after a period of fruitless searching, the man asked, are you sure you lost it around here? Nasruddin replied, oh, I didn't lose it around here. I lost it over there by my house. And the man says, then why are you looking for it over here? Because, Nasruddin said, the light is so much better over here. <laughs> It's just such a perfect little joke. And, you know, you've probably heard that joke um, everywhere. It's kind of like a common yeah, joke yeah. that lots of people tell, but the origin of it is in, is is much, much older. And it's on one level, it's just what, you know, this silly old man that thinks he's going to find his key where he didn't lose it. Yeah, he's got a different version of that where the a, a neighbor comes around to borrow his donkey and... He says, can I uh, borrow your donkey? And Mullah Nasruddin says, uh, no, I've already loaned it out for the weekend. And then the donkey brays in the background. And he says, I can hear your donkey. It's in your backyard. And he says, who are you going to believe, me or the donkey? (laughs) (laughs) It's this kind of resistance to reality, you know, it's what it's getting at, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they seem very connected then to cones also that it's, the contra- it's inherent in this is contra- this is like pure humor you know it's not uh, cultural or political it's it, the pure essence of causing your brain to go bloop what you know it's like the flip yeah and it's interesting because magic is a good example of that uh, because you have such clear expectations and they get broken and people's universal reaction is to laugh at a magic trick right yeah. i think there's such powerful tools for learning and all that because they they lost for so long. I mean, clearly, some of these jokes uh, have been orally told for thousands of years. And 
the same thing with music. You know, people remember melodies, they remember songs much more than they remember just reading some passage. And because it affects some different part of your um, your system, and it allows you to assimilate it in another way other than just using like your logical brain, which um, is quite. It's why there's quite deep. Why it's why there's always been great communicators of knowledge, uh, you know, through all times, ancient and modern. There are some people that can talk to you about quantum physics or science, and it's never going to communicate to us average people that don't really understand it. And there are others that talk in a way uh, that is able to connect with you, and then you understand why so many of the great traditions, religious and otherwise, throughout history have used song. That's my main so, problem with form. the kind of uh, with. You know, the, that the new atheists like the the Dawkins and the you know Sam Harris is really interesting. They're they're all pretty interesting and they all contribute and they're nice to listen to. But their dismissal of myth is so clearly wrong to me. Would you call that a dis dismissal? Dismissal, yeah, <laughs> dismissal. <laughs> yeah, it's it it does get quite irritating to listen to. Um, which I would well, just back to the idea of this. These these jokes or these um, little stories that have some sort of contradiction and then that cause your brain to kind of jump out of its cycle. Uh, I kind of have an analogy for that, which is you know software versus firmware. Where on your phone or on any computer, you can install any software; it can do anything. And I feel like that's what culture does to your brain. You know, any given culture installs this way of thinking or this way of. Um, reacting to certain things and certain norms that become mechanical in your way, you know, this is what we do in America, this is the way we think, or this is what we think in e Egypt or whatever, you know. Whereas a, a sentence like that, it's almost like it bypasses the software and goes straight to the firmware where you can't change necessarily the firmware on our brains. You know, we're hardwired to see contradiction or to be shocked by something that doesn't make any sense, doesn't make mathematical sense or doesn't, it's, it's absurd. Yeah. And, and it's a way of translating something across centuries because that part of the brain may not change or at least may not change very quickly whereas the software can be changed overnight you know who is that guy who talks about nonsense i've always been attracted to nonsense for whatever reason and there was a guy who uh, it was i think he's on the duncan trussell podcast we'll find his name moody maybe his name is moody um sure. oh yeah the, yeah the language of nonsense and he he just perfectly explained why why it's attractive it's it's your brain's way of trying to express a, an idea which is not necessarily contained by language. I think this when you say Dr. Seuss was a master. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, he, I, he had I, all sorts of sayings that were nonsense, like, you know, um, this is just kind of a joke, but like that, that cannibal we just ate was the last one in town. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a joke, but it is, it's, it's more than a joke. Right, yeah. That's, a, that's another tool, I think. And the interesting thing about these Sufi um, examples as well is that they're, They've obviously been translated, and so in their original language in Arabic or um, in, in other languages that they've been translated to, there's a lot more and deeper meaning. And like the looking for the key thing, um, which I just wanted to say earlier, was that it's it's clearly not just talking about some guy who's lost his key and doesn't know where to look for it. It's you know on one on the, on the just slighter deeper level, it's saying someone it can relate to looking for something where you can't find it, looking for. Um, things and looking for love in the wrong, <laughs> all the wrong places. You know, it's also about our tendency to choose the the path that we know or that is easier, rather than the one 
that's more difficult that we that we know we have to do but it's like well but that one's hard so i'd rather just do this even though it's wrong you know right and if you only give a, something like that your minimal attention then you're only going to get the one superficial uh idea out of it or you're only going to get the joke but if you if you start to give some of these things a little bit more attention and effort then all of a sudden they kind of reveal themselves to you as, as much deeper ideas so all in all these disciplines it did he seemed, find his keys <laughs> he had them the whole time in all these disciplines They're in the fridge like all the movies yeah in all these disciplines everyone it seems that what everyone's striving for ultimately is a way to communicate something that transcends culture and time and subjective uh experience because you've discover a truth that that you feel is is not purely subjective that every that is a shared truth let's call it and everyone does it and i feel like humor is perhaps the hardest place to do that because humor is so usually cultural or like very ephemeral you know it changes and like go watch an old movie from the 90s most of the time they're not funny you know, occasionally right. they do stick, and that's when you they stand out. Like I still think, I don't know if, if it's generally accepted or felt this way. Like Charlie Chaplin is still funny. He's still somehow physically embodying not all his movies, yeah. certain things that he just found a perfect description of what every human being, for whatever reason, finds funny. Yeah, and you know, so this goes from that to then pyramids and you know they talk about the experiences that seem to be common for a lot of people when they go to some of these great buildings or like the acropolis in greece mm -hmm. they have a reaction to it that is not cultural yeah like logan paul <laughs> He's gonna, i think in a thousand years his comedy is going to be standing up. i think uh or actually the sad thing is maybe that will be top secret is one of the funniest spoofs with val kilmer yeah. The, the, that level of spoof is not made anymore. Like you know, airplane kind of started it and all that. But well, those some of those guys. I know that Top Secret wasn't Mel Brooks, but like, yeah, there are certain people that are just true geniuses of like, uh, what's the word? It's like basic humor, right? You yeah, know? yeah. I, it's. I thought it was going to be not funny watching it again, or I thought it wasn't going to live up to my memory of it, but it did. It's yeah. a level of sophistication in. Um, thinking i think that type of humor that most a lot of people think it's just it's so silly you know that's i do you know what's funny I, I may be wrong on this but i believe sophistication is exactly the wrong word to use because a sophist comes from, comes from sophomore from, from so from a sophists and sophistication the way you're using it actually implies the opposite it's like we're talking about the opposite of sophistication sophistication is these extra unnecessary layers of like intellectual ramblings am i right um, or wrong on that well, like they, i'm that talking uh, about the very early origin of that word as in sophocles no uh i'd have to i'd have to I'd look this is gonna get a bit beyond my depth but i just remember just discussing this let's talk about, we'll give you like dylan five minutes to google it we'll talk about something else in the meantime you talk about solipsism <laughs> <laughs> i wanted to talk about dr seuss well, kind of, solipsism is a real idea right is that only you exist it's, there's yeah, no so you, it looks like you are correct. Sophistication has come to mean a few things, but its original definition was, quote, to denature or simplify. Today, it's common as a measurement of refinement. How the fuck did that happen? Yeah, that's, it's, that's <laughs> what I thought. good taste, wisdom, and subtlety rather than crudeness, stupidity, or vulgarity. Yeah, that's a... 
Maybe we can That's change strange. it back. Everyone just no, yeah, I wasn't pointing that out to say saying. that you were using the wrong word. I was just saying that it's that this humor that we're talking about is the opposite kind of, of sophistication. Like well, in a, so in its true meaning, I am way more sophisticated than you were in this situation. <laughs> <laughs> well, the a good example of what I think is a great joke is uh, that in, in Top Secret is when they, they just start on a long shot of a guy with a carriage and a horse and you just hear singing and it's like it's like 30 seconds of this guy like singing operatically and then they cut to a close shot and it's the horse singing and <laughs> you can't it's it sounds stupid but you would laugh at that if you saw it you know and it, it was just it was like the epitome of timing and expectations being set up being broken it was just so it's so funny yeah playing with perspective like that shot where they it's a close up of the phone in in the war room and it starts ringing and the guy walks up to it so the phone the phone is like filling the frame right. of the lens that movie and he walks up to the le- he walks up to the uh phone to pick it up and it's a giant phone so they're just playing with the perspective of the lens you think it's a normal sized phone but it's actually a giant one right i think that's why it lost it because it what it's they're trying to make a joke, as you said. It's not topical. It's not about like the politics of the time or whatever is floating around in people's heads. It's more timeless. Absurd. That's why airplanes still funny. And that's what everyone ultimately starts to try to do with their art. We're not there yet. We're just trying to make cash money. <laughs> I mean, isn't but, it obvious? We're so commercial. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, that is. I think that is the highest aspiration of art or any of any expressive form is to try and communicate something to the ages. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you don't, like... All ages. Yeah, look, I'd love to sell a billion records, but I th- really do believe, if you asked me, could I, would, would you like to sell a billion records, a million records, whatever's a g- g- good number Billion or days? billion, that's a big difference. <laughs> a billion might be a different story. Or would you rather be remembered like uh, Da Vinci's remembered or Bach is remembered? Like, it, for me, it's an easy answer. Not that I have the potential of that, but you know that's ultimately what I've really is aspiring to, like commit to. to your art. Like, oh, is the, that guy committed to his art. He went and stole cadavers so he could oh, cut them open, so he could learn to draw them. And that's, I'm oh. not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, why don't we wrap this one up? Uh, it's been our longest podcast to uh, in in weeks or months. <laughs> oh, next week. Um, make sure you tune in next week. We've got special guests, the editing power couple, Logan and Sarah Hall. These Logan is one of our videographers. I went to school with him. And uh, he's an excellent director and cameraman and editor. And he, he's been working with us on the Project Bus Call for a long time. And then, as it turns out, they moved to Los Angeles. And his wife didn't, you know, hadn't gotten a job yet. And she started editing and within weeks, she became such a natural. And, you know, we joke that she almost became better than Logan <laughs> very quickly. Anyway, they're both going to come on. Uh, they've been very involved in the project. They know us better than we know ourselves uh, from watching footage, you know, endless footage. And it's going to be an interesting one, I think. So next week, Logan and Sarah Hall. All right. So let's, I guess let's summarize for the people that are still actually listening. Headphones. Tell your friends to go stream it and listen to it tomorrow. The name of the song is Keep Your Head. Oh, yeah. Keep Your Head. Headphones is the pre-sale code. Yes. Keep your head. Yeah, it's streaming everywhere tomorrow. The lyric video, check that out. Um, We're going on tour. Tickets are on sale now. Go grab them. And for Patreon users, uh, again, thank you guys for subscribing. Uh, For just $2 a month, you can listen to an ad-free version of this podcast and also get access to exclusive content like the pictures um, from the 2014 
European tour that we're going to be posting. These are kind of f- photos off our phones and um, we can Yeah, we cannot also stress enough. I'm going to say this every week that um, word of mouth is literally the best way that you can help us out and spread the word. Is talk to your friends in person. If you if you like what we do, bus call the songs, the podcast, whatever. Have a conversation. You know, uh, we've been getting really good feedback on bus call. Even friends and like people who've known us for years, like. We're getting texts and calls, people saying, you know, how much they're enjoying it, which is weird you know, when, you, when you know the person. But that means something when you actually reach out and, and have a conversation about it. So do that and help us and spread the word uh, on stuff that you like. Don't do it if you don't like it. Yeah, conversation is worth a thousand tweets. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next week.